The Lord's not looking for people that can that can do great things in their own strength. I think the Lord is just looking for people that are willing to take the next right step. There is this sense of a countercultural appeal to the beauty of Jesus that uh, I am seeing a longing for in, in this next generation. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm uh, Bill Elif, Kyle Reno, and uh, we're so glad you've joined us today. Uh, we're taking six weeks here, uh, Kyle, to to use Joshua to teach us about how we help the next generation right. in the coming revival. Right. And uh, this truth today uh, is so important for us, you know. Yeah. I heard about a guy that uh, kept coming home and his his little fishing boat was was filled with fish. Right. And then a game warden lived down the road. And he said, hey, I want to go fishing with you. And he <laughs> yeah, said, <I'm> okay. Sure. <laughs> and he got in the boat and there was no rods and reels. Oh, there was nothing. Well, just a sack. Yeah. And uh, and the guy said, the warden said, what how, What are we doing? He says, we well, just wait. And they got out, and the guy reached in and took out a stick of dynamite. Oh, boy. Threw it in the water, yeah. lit it. And, you know, all these fish died and come up, come up to the top. And uh, and the warden said, what are you doing? Okay. And the guy reached down and got another stick of dynamite, lit it, held it out. The warden said, you're going to talk or fish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That'll do it. So there, there's a time. Oh, man. I mean, we talk a lot. ad nauseum in yeah. the church. Well, we ought to do this, right. we ought to that. There's a time you just got to get out of the boat and take and the step, something. man. Yeah, I think about Paul's statement to the church. You know, the kingdom of God doesn't consist of talk, but power. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's not all about you need to have the base basis of belief mm -hmm. and faith. But at some point, your faith has to follow. Well, talk to us about this yeah. because uh, the kingdom of God is going to be uh, experienced right. by those who are willing to take the step. They're out to walk into it. And Joshua was the kind of leader the Lord knew would lead a generation to action, mm -hmm. would, to let their faith be evidenced in their following. And so you see that in Joshua 3, the, these simple words, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out. Isn't that awesome? Joshua got up, and he says, it's time to get going. The Lord had promised. The Lord had even confirmed that promise in, in Joshua 2 with Rahab and the prostitute. Like, we know God's with you. And so the Lord has confirmed. They knew all they needed to know. Now it's time to go. Now it's time to take off. And I, I just want to say to each of us, me personally, I don't think that that our faith in our, in America specifically is struggling from a lack of knowledge. I, I think that what's struggling right now is our lack of willingness, lack of willingness to step toward an unbelieving world with the good news of Jesus Christ, to step toward broken people believing that God can redeem them, to step toward the next generation that is confused and puzzled and is being deceived on so many fronts and believe that God can change a generation, that God can redeem a generation. So I just, I, I believe it's time for us to stop, stop talking and start moving in faith, start moving on things that we know we should be doing in our cities, knowing we should be doing in our neighborhoods, 
and to start moving toward places of prayer like it, it will actually work and will change things. And it, and it doesn't, listen, along the way, God's going to change us. As they set out, listen to what it says. And then Joshua said to verse 5 to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There, there's this beautiful harmony here. Our part, concentrate. God, consecrate ourselves. God's part, wonders. Our part, be prepared. Be prepared to get rid of things that will hinder the miraculous works of God among us. And so when's the last time you personally got serious about your sin? Serious about things in your life that, that are hindering the work of God through you, things that are blocking the channel of the, of the work of the Holy Spirit pouring through your life like a river, like a river. I'd encourage each of us to take time daily, to take time in each season and say, hey, Lord, what's in me that's hindering your work through me? The release of what you want to do in places that you're taking us to. If, if we'll get serious, think about this now. If we'll get serious about the sin of our lives, sin in our lives, then we'll get to see God work in our land. If we'll get serious about the sin in our own lives, we'll get to see God work in our land. That, that's like a part of God's formula for a move of God. That he gets his people ready and then he, he pulls off the miraculous. And then verse 6, you see, and Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they did. It says they took up the Ark of the Covenant, representing the presence of God, and they passed through their midst. Yeah, there's a, the, the more I learn about the Lord and being 21 years in the faith and seminary and studying and doctrines and all those things, let me tell you what it encourages me. Honestly, the, the more simple it becomes. Because the next, the, the most important step in your faith, you ready for this? The most important step in your faith is the next one. It's the next one. It's our willingness to take the next one in faith. If that's the next step towards somebody you know that needs Christ, if that's the next step toward a discipling relationship with somebody in the next generation, it's the, ne it's the next step toward the prayer closet and toward the place of prayer with God's people. God, God, I'm telling you, I love this about Jesus. The Lord's not looking for people that can, that can do great things in their own strength. I think the Lord is just looking for people that are willing to take the next right step. So pastor out there that's discouraged today, I get that. Get up tomorrow and take the next right step. The next right step in leading your people toward things that's in God's heart and passion. The next right step toward a community that needs Christ. And it just keeps moving this progression. And then the Lord again, because he's so good and he knows we doubt so much. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I'll begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Mm. <laughs> the, the Lord looks at Joshua and says, Hey, and by the way, big guy, by the way, I'm with you. I know you've watched, you watched me do wonders and miracles through the leadership in many ways that positioned the people to see it in Moses' life. Hey, today, they're going to see that same stuff happen through your life and leadership. It's like the Lord leaned over and said, hey, I got a part for you to play too. I got a part for you to play too. I, th I think that most, of, and God's got unique roles for each one of his sons and daughters. And so you don't have to try to establish your own platform. God will do that. You just got to play your part. 
You just got to be willing to lean in and play your part in that. And, but you got to believe that your part's important. Your part's important. I don't, the Lord believes in how he wants to use you more than any of us believe for ourselves. Now, we might believe wrongly and proudly and all those things, but even those attempts to paint a narrative for ourselves are shortcoming what God actually wants, what God desires. I remember sitting at a conference at 23 years old, and it was a God moment for me, like you talked about not long ago, Bill, where God marked me. And a guy leaned in, and he said, I was 23. He says, you have no idea how much your young life matters for the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, and my, my spirit leapt. And I, and me tell you what, what happened. I believed it. I believed like that could be true. God could actually use a good old boy from Alabama for things that will actually matter for people's lives. And I believed it. I would just, to you listener out there, you have no idea how much your life, no matter what stage you're in of it, how much your life matters for the kingdom of God, for the sake of Jesus's glory in the next generation. So you need to believe it. I'll finish this up here. So the priests set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped into the brink of the water. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that walks through all that. And the people passed over opposite of Jericho. I love this principle. Here it is. If we'll wait in, God will do wonders. If we'll wait in. Listen, no person had the power to make a river at flood stage stop, but they had to put their feet in. That God, I think a lot of times, we're wanting to, we're wanting to watch God do wonders from the spiritual couch. Now, he don't do that. God, God does, does wonders as we willingly step in. You want to see miracles happen? Meet him in his mission. Meet him in the middle of what God's desiring to do. He's out there on the front lines. The Lord's working out there on the front lines today in a generation. But you got to keep going out there. You got to keep willing to follow him in it. This is the part that blows me away. Verse 17 said, Now the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all of Israel passing over on dry ground, a couple million people now, until the nation finished passing over the Jordan. I've said this. If my accent don't tell it, I'll tell you now. I mean, I'm a good old boy from Alabama, and I have stood in the in the middle of of many rivers, <laughs> and there's silt, and there's there's nothing that quite uh, absorbs you like the river bottom, you know. It, and to think, in a moment, God not only stood a raging river up and heaped it up in a place at flood stage, He dried out the river bottom so much so. Millions of people could pass over it. And let me tell you what's just the Lord spoke into my spirit. The Lord can turn any mess into a miracle. Any mess. Anybody looking out there at our nation right now going, we're in a mess. Because we, we are. Anybody looking out there going, all this is broken and so messed up. I don't know what to do or how this ever gets better. Well, God. God. We need an only God kind of moment and miracle where he comes and steps in and he brings order and he brings flourishing and he brings what he designs and desires 
And here's the deal. God's all in. Will we step in? Will we be willing to move toward him doing those miracles and say, use us in it? We know we're going to have to get wet. <laughs> we, we know we're going to get dirty. We know we're going to get arrows flung at us. And that means fights and all those things. We just know it's worth it. And so, Bill, I, I think God's raising up a generation, you know, to be willing to wait in. You know, I can't help but put on my revival history glasses. And I'm just thinking, here's Jeremiah Lanfear, mm-hmm. who God says to him, start a prayer meeting. Yeah, do something. And uh, so he just, who knows, you know, maybe it'll help a little bit. And it started a movement in which 50,000 people were meeting every day. Uh, here's here's uh, Evan Roberts that we talked about. Get up with me in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and then go home to your church and tell them what I told you. Well, Lord, they'll think I'm crazy. Just do it. Just do it. Take the next right step. Here's uh, Jonathan Edwards. And God's saying to him, I want you to preach this very hard message. Mm -hmm. Sinners in the hands of an angry God. And at the end, people are wailing and repenting and coming to Christ by the the hundreds and thousands eventually in Mm -hmm. the first great awakening. So it's just right. We can talk about this all day long. That's right. But I think for those of us who are listening today, here's the question. What's the next step? That's right. I mean, for me, what is that? Do I need to go clear my conscience with somebody? Right. Do I need to get right with my children, my wife? I mean, do I need to go repay somebody that I took somebody yeah. something from? Do I need to yeah. stand up at school yeah. and say something to my classmates? What yeah. is the next right step we take to get into the land that God's promised right. for us? So, well, we're going to pray for this, yeah. and uh, we want to do it right now. That's the next right step for right. us. Right. And uh, we're going to hear a testimony first, and just a story uh, that will help build our faith. And then we're going to come back and join together in prayer. So listen to this wonderful story. Well, I'm really thrilled to have uh, Nico Peel with us. And uh, Nico is just an awesome guy and one of our uh, really exciting young leaders uh, in, in what God is doing across our nation. And Nico, thanks for being with us today. That's a joy. Thanks for inviting me, Bill. Yeah. And Nico uh, is the, the founder and the executive director of Ignite. And we're going to get into what that is here in just a minute. But Nico, uh, tell us just briefly, I know you've shared with me about your experience in college and what kind of prompted the founding of Ignite and, and what it's about. Tell us just a little of your story about that. Yeah, well, as, as a freshman uh, student at a small uh, private historical uh, Christian school, um, I was very just disturbed by the lostness of my peers. And uh, I got an invitation from the uh, campus minister to lead their Wednesday night prayer meetings on campus. And uh, I was just scared freshmen leading a bunch of upperclassmen. And uh, long story short, um, we started to gather every Wednesday. We built a, a core team of students that prayed and fasted and saw the face of God for revival on our campus. And um, we saw the Lord um, show up in incredible ways. We saw salvations every week. We were seeing healings and miracles. Um, professors was hearing about the uh, uh, Wednesday night gathering from students in the classroom became the conversation on campus. And so professors started to come to our meetings to check it out. And we grew beyond capacity and 
Um, we took the chairs out and had students sitting on the floors to create more room. Uh, but we saw God do something incredible there. And one of the highlights of, of, of that uh, season was um, as a core team, as we're praying and seeking the Lord for revival on campus, it was this prayer that came out of our hearts as we gather hours before students would show up. Um, and the prayer was, God, we want revival. We really, really want revival. And even if we don't want it, make us want it. And it really was a prayer. Like if there's anything inside of us that is, you know, hindering what you want to do on our campus, will you move it out of the way, move us out of the way so that you can have your way. And um, so, yeah, so it was an incredible experience. And uh, I was telling you earlier, we didn't know we were in revival because we were so busy praying for a revival. It wasn't to afterwards <laughs> looking back. We're like, Oh wow, God was moving. Um, no, that's, that's uh, my experience in the Jesus movement. I was on a small Christian campus and we were praying sometimes all night and we didn't know. We thought there was no plan. It was just, we were hungry for God and then one day uh, the Lord showed up during a student-led chapel service and lasted all afternoon, shut down the whole school, um, oh, you know, wow. et cetera. And uh, I thought this is phenomenal, but I thought, well, this is just normal. Well, it's, it's not just normal. I know that it's one of those moments when God manifests himself uh, for extraordinary purposes and to accelerate his work. and. And uh, I know this led you, uh, Nico, to the Lord called you to leave school after a couple of years and and do something pretty unorthodox. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was that was such a, a hard decision. Um, I was the first one in my family to go to school and uh, it was one of our Wednesday night prayer meetings. I remember kneeling on the floor, praying and thanking God for how amazing everything was. And the best way I can explain, it felt like a, a bomb dropped on me. And the Lord says, I want you to leave school for a season and give yourself fully as a missionary to college campuses in America. And so I started traveling across um, America, uh, really spending time with a lot of um, student groups, grassroots, young adult communities, getting a pulse of what God was doing in this generation. And out of that, um, we saw a need. We saw that a lot of these student-led communities were um, they felt the leaders felt alone and isolated. They felt like they were the only ones doing what they were doing. Um, they felt disconnected from a larger movement of what God was doing. They was unaware that God was moving across the nation. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, and also because it's the nature of college campuses, uh, there was a lack of sustainability in, in these communities. And so we saw a need to connect, encourage, and equip. And so, uh, Ignite movement was birthed out of that. And so now we're about on uh, 15 university campuses. Uh, we have about nine city reaching movements across the East Coast. And we just walk alongside student leaders and campus leaders and building vibrant, healthy Jesus communities on their campus that contend for revival and awakening. That's so awesome. I, I know you know this, but uh, God at the beginning of the birthing of the, the Welsh revival in 1905, God called a college student to, to leave his campus. And uh, first guy that had gone 
to uh, college. You know, his dad was a coal miner, Evan Roberts. And uh, there's quite a lot to that story. But, you know, the Lord just does this, doesn't he? And he, he calls uh, and has so many of the movements of God have happened with younger guys and ladies that uh, their hearts are tender. And he can get to them quicker than some crusty older guy, you know. And so as as you look and as you've been traveling some and you look across the the country, what what are you seeing right now among college students, among college ministries? Uh do you see the stirrings, the the rumblings, I guess, of of a spiritual awakening? You know, I have to say, you know, I've been doing this for a little over a decade and um, I'm a millennial and I have seen a transition between millennials and Gen Z um, where uh, millennials, um, it was this, this big desire to be a part of something huge and big, you know, these large stadium events and gatherings. And what I'm seeing now among uh, Gen Z is, you know, a hunger for authenticity and uh it's almost like small is the is the new big um in this generation um of course gen z is you know suffering from depression and anxiety um and loneliness is you know documented one of the most loneliness generation uh in 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 history um and we're um, but in the midst of all of that uh midst of the depression the anxiety, we're seeing a generation that is coming to the end of themselves through the personal crisis. And there is such a openness for community and there's an openness for spirituality. And I believe there's a huge opportunity for the church right now because we know Jesus is the answer. His bride himself is the answer. Uh, uh, to these these deep longings, and so um, so I, I see also um, a, a counterculture appeal, almost like the Jesus People Movement was a counterculture movement. Um, you know, everything that's nice and polished is it's not attractive to this generation. You know, they're looking for what is real and what is authentic, and what is not necessarily popular. Um, what seems unorthodox in some ways and um the church and what we stand for uh the ways of jesus i mean the sermon on the mount uh lifestyle uh is very countercultural and or unorthodox to the culture of this world and mm-hmm. and and so uh there is this sense of a countercultural appeal to the beauty of jesus um that uh, i am seeing a longing for in, in this next generation. Wow, that that's uh, some great insight. And and for those of us who long to cooperate with God and seeing that happen, you know, I've often said we can't orchestrate revival. We can't produce revival. It's a sovereign work of God. But as many have said, we can we can sure put the sails up mm-hmm. and pray and cry out to God for the wind to come. And uh, having been in a moment like that in my life and in the subsequent smaller little movements through the years, when it comes, it's completely unorthodox. It's just uh, not business as usual. 
And if, if I were to ask you, how do we, what would you say to younger leaders and older leaders alike? Uh, how do we, how do we prepare for this? How do we set the sail? How do we, um, because I know I'm enough of a student of revival to know that there have been nations and denominations and uh, cities where God has begun to move and, and people have quenched it. You know, they just stopped it and it, and it just went on by them. And other people, I think of Chuck Smith during the Jesus movement out in California when many churches were saying, well, we don't like these hippies and we're not going to change. We don't like the guitars. And it sounds silly now to say that. But Chuck Smith just embraced it. And he, and as a result, the church exploded. The movement of Calvary Chapel exploded as one illustration. So how do we, how do we prepare for this, Nico? I mean, what would you if a young guy, young campus leader, young pastor is sitting in front of you, how do you how do you encourage him to to cooperate and to get ready? I feel like there's a few things I can say, but I think I'm going to say one thing I think is the most important right now. I think we have to embrace a posture of humility and dependency on Jesus. And I think we have to illustrate that to the next generation, demonstrate that to the next generation and call them into that same posture. And I was at Chihuahua University and uh, we were praying this prayer, God, we really, really want revival. And even if we don't want it, make us want it. At the same time, we were acknowledging our need for him, realizing that we cannot do it without him. But at the same time, we're also functioning in this authority, the believer's authority, uh, you know, scripture talks about, you know, whatever you bound on earth, we bound in heaven. If you loose on earth, we loose in heaven. He gives you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And uh, so we often, you know, tell young leaders that, you know, you have the keys to your campus. You have the keys to your city. You know, the mayor isn't the one to have the key to the city. It's the church that has the key to the city. And so you have that believer's authority Peace, but then you also have this place of humility. And I think David, uh, he illustrated this so perfectly. You know, he says, like a weed child, you know, I, I rest in my mother's bosoms. And he says, Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. And then the next chapter, he says, I'm not going to sleep or allow, you know, or slumber until I see the heritage of the Lord in the land of the living. And so you had this faith and you had this dependency. But what I love about the weaned child is it's voluntary humility. You know, the child is already weaned, you know, but yet it still chooses a posture of dependency. And I think um, the key to uh, seeing revival is to realize that we can't have revival without Jesus. We, like you said, we can't orchestrate revival that is going to take him and I think once we acknowledge that, it gives room for the Holy Spirit to move. Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who acknowledge their need for God. Blessed are those who acknowledge there are nothing without Jesus, that they can do nothing outside of Jesus. Blessed are those who surrender, for he gives them the kingdom of God, righteousness, joy, peace, and the Holy Spirit. So I feel like we can tap and access to that grace to release God's kingdom from a place of uh, 
full dependency on Jesus. And I think that's the key to revival in this hour. That is so beautiful and so right on target. You know, I, I got on a plane one time and I saw this guy who had a, you know, fancy suit and Rolex watch. And I thought, I bet he's a pretty powerful guy in his field. And then this, this question came to my mind, I think it was the spirit. It just said, who's, who's, I wonder who's the most powerful person in the plane. Mm. And instantly the answer came to my mind. Well, the most powerful person in any room is the person who prays. Wow. And, and I, I looked at the uh, kind of, there's a tatted up kind of Gen Z guy sitting by, I thought maybe it's him. It could be that guy who, who is, who has tapped into this because uh, when you pray, you bring God into the equation, mm, that's so but good. you're not going to pray unless you're humble mm. and dependent. Mm. So it's kind of this cycle. There's this unbelievable authority that we get to join in with God that can accomplish anything, you know, and yet we never turn to that unless we have the humility mm. and the sense of our need that we cry out to him, Lord, you know, I, I'm nothing without you. So I see people sometimes though they're are humble, but they're not, they're not realizing who they are in Christ and, 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 and we need to be warriors. You know, God yes. wants to raise up warriors. Well, Nico, it's so great to to talk to you, man. And uh, uh, just a parting word. What would you what would you say? Uh, I don't know more than what you just said, really, which is the key. But what would be your challenge to us about cooperating with the Lord during this season? Mm. Yeah, I, I will just, you know, I guess. I'll, I'll just say it this way, Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, you know, pray that, will, that will be our, our prayer, you know, that, that we will be faithful uh, students of the leadership of Jesus. Um, I, I think Jesus defined revival better than anyone. He says, I only do what I see the father do and I only mm. say what I hear him speak John five. And so, um, so I, I constantly pray over myself, Lord, give me eyes to see, give me ears to hear. And so I, I'll leave that with everyone. Um, and we'll pray that prayer together. That's awesome. Well, Nico, thank you. And I hope this is not the last time we have you on the podcast. And, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you more in the future. Thanks thank so much. You. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Well, man, praise God for stories of what God's doing in people's lives right. and in areas and and just reminds us uh, that, hey, it's our turn. Yeah, It's our turn to step into it. So this is, I, I always have this tendency, I'll think about these things for somebody else. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. So you were saying earlier in response to just what we can see in Joshua 3, what's the next right step? Mm-hmm. You know what? Somebody that is listening today, and I'll just say this in faith, you need to go start a prayer group. That's right. You know, somebody, you're going you're gonna to start rallying some men and, early mornings and praying or some ladies at lunchtime, you know, to, to pray. Somebody's going to start discipling somebody or somebody's going to share the gospel today with somebody. And, mm-hmm. and it's just the next right step. And there's more to come, mm-hmm. more to come. And we'll, here's the promise. If we will go with him, we'll watch God do the miraculous. So, Even out of a mess. Out of a mess. Yeah. So we're going to pray for that. Bill, start us. I will. Father, uh, 
we don't want to be spectators of revival. We want to be participants. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, help us to, to turn what you're saying to us, what you're instructing us to do, and you're always speaking. You're all, if we have ears to hear, you are always speaking. Help us listen and hear and then just respond, believing that you know what you're doing. Whether you, whether you want to accomplish huge things or small things that will grow into greater things, Lord, you know our part to play, and we all have a part. So, Lord, thank you for this, and, and just give us from this moment mm. the courage and the grace and the faith to just obey you, yeah. just just take the next step for the glory of God. And Lord, help us to take that even if it seems strange. Yes. Even you're telling us, well, I, I want you to walk around the walls yeah. seven days and then the last day seven times. Mm. What a seemingly uh, un illogical plan. Mm. But Father, you are perfect yes. in your ways and you know exactly what our part is to play. And I just pray that we would all do that and we would do it together. Yes, Lord. Father, I, I pray for each of us and specifically in ways that only you can. Would you let them know today who you see them as? Mm -hmm. and, and Lord, I mean that not, not a way it puffs up, mm -hmm. but you're a dad that you're proud of your kids mm -hmm. and you got a part for your kids. So I pray that every listener, every pastor, every church, God, that this comes across, that they'd believe today. Mm. They would believe today that God has a role for me and what he wants to release in the world. So I just pray for faith to believe. And that's belief in you, not in that's ourselves. Right. Right. That's belief in your, your ability to use anybody. Mm -hmm. But you've chose to use us. And so, God, I pray that they would. I pray they'd lean all the way in. And and from that, Lord, they would do stuff. <laughs> Lord, that they would take ground. God, I pray ground will be taken today for the kingdom of God and for the advancement of your fame, Jesus, and the good of people, the good of people, the good of a generation, Lord. So get us moving, Lord. Get us moving across rivers into promised places, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if God spoke to you today in this podcast, just share it with somebody. Right. It's a very simple thing to do now. It's a but you can hit a button and do that. Share it with somebody that it will encourage them to take a step. Maybe you've got a son or daughter that needs to take a step. Maybe you've got a coworker that needs to take a step. So just uh, just an easy way to advance the work of God is to share this with others. And I hope you do. And I hope you join us next week. 